Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. It's good to see new faces. How many know it's good to be seen? Ever heard somebody say it's good to be seen? You know, we could be in jail this morning, in a hospital, under a bridge, and I think we're in, in a way better place than that. But then we're blessed to be around brothers and sisters, amen, this morning in the faith, amen. We're glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. You make me happy to come and celebrate the king this morning, amen. I got a question this morning. I want a little bit of involvement from you this morning. How many of you believe in heaven this morning? Raise your hand. You believe heaven is a place, amen. How many would like to go to heaven, amen? How many of you would like to go there today? All right. How many of you would like to die to get there? <laughs> you guys, more, more people raise their hand in this service than the first one. How many are tired of raising your hands? <laughs> there was a, there was a, there's an old saying, you know, people want to go to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there. But there was a pastor in his little church congregation asking that same question I just asked, and everybody raised their hand except one little boy. And so he kept asking, and the boy just kept not raising his hand. He said, boy, you don't want to go to heaven? And the little boy said, yes, pastor, I definitely want to go to heaven, but I thought you were trying to take a load today. <laughs> Amen. It's, it sounds good, but not today maybe. But I, I want to talk a little bit about that we could go to heaven today without dying. Does that sound good? Yeah. Sound good to go to heaven without dying? The Bible calls that the rapture. And I want to talk this morning about the rapture of the church the blessed hope. Amen? That's, the, that's a good thing. Amen? The rapture of the church, the blessed hope. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've never heard that. It's very possible you've never heard that. By the time this message is over, you're going to know what it means, and you're going to be looking for it, I hope, and, and uh, understanding it. Today, how many know the reason when we say how many want to go to heaven is because we're tired of this world? Anybody else tired of this world? We're tired of the sin, we're tired of the anger, we're tired of the violence, we're tired of, the, of, of good being called evil and evil being called good, and we're ready to, to see a different world, amen? And that's our hope this morning, and so that's why it's called the blessed hope. Heaven is our hope this morning. I want to start in Titus chapter 2, but let's pray this morning for this message. Lord, today with all these precious people here, we ask that you'd open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive your word. Lord, we're not preaching man's doctrines or man's beliefs. We're preaching your word this morning. And Lord, we're living in a world where people need answers and people need hope, Father. I pray that your word would come out of my mouth anointed and that it would cause fruit in this church and would cause growth. And I pray that people would hear your word and every devil of darkness that comes against your word would be canceled out and defeated right now. And I thank you for these things in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Titus chapter 2. Let's see what the blessed hope is. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. And this, is, this just particular verse is just a little bit of peg, piggyback off of last week where it says, has appeared to how many people? How many know the gospels for everybody? All who would receive and who would believe. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, 
We should live soberly. How many know we need to live soberly? That means we're not distracted by the world. We're not caught up in things that would influence us and cause us not to be looking and living the right way. It says righteously and godly in this present age, meaning in the time we live in. Now watch this, looking. Notice it's an I-N-G. Remember last week's message? I-N-G. We're looking. We're, it, we didn't look. It hasn't happened yet. We're looking for the what? Blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God. I, I like when some, you know, I, I know there's a saying, God is good, but I think God is great. The appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from the lawless deed, every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Today I want you to take notes. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down four things that I want to show you. And I'm going to to stay focused on my four things. This is a subject that I'm very passionate about, and I'm also very versed on. I've studied it for 30 years it's, some people call it eschatology. Some people call it end times. Um, I try to preach a message like this at least every three months so that we can stay current. But how many know we're living in days today that we've, we're seeing things we've never seen before? I'm not going to actually get into any examples. I could do that. I'm not going to st- uh, stray away on different things where I could preach a whole message on it. I'm going to try to stay focused. And I really want to stay focused on the words blessed hope. Because I want us to walk out of here today with hope. Amen? I want us to know who we believe in. I want us to know where we're at today in this world. And I want want us to know what's happening in this world. So uh, as we get into this, there's four things I want to show you. Number one is we're going to talk about what is, what is the blessed hope. Number two, why is it called the blessed hope? I'll come back for those that are taking notes. I'll say this again so you can get it down. Why is it called the blessed hope? There's a reason. Number three. When will the blessed hope happen? When will we have this blessed hope? And number four, what do we need to do to receive the blessed hope? So once again, number one, what, it is, what is it? We're going to get into that. Number two, why is it? And I really want to emphasize this morning in this message and spend most of my time on why it's called the blessed hope. Number three, when will it happen? And for, finally, number four, what do we have to do to receive the blessed hope. So number one, what is the blessed hope? First Thessalonians chapter four tells us exactly what Titus was talking about. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That means those who have breathed their last breath and died. Lest you sorrow as others, notice the word here, who have no hope. Leave that there for just a second. How many know if we don't believe in Jesus and we don't believe in heaven and we don't believe in resurrection, then we don't have any hope. We would just breathe our last breath and the dark lights would go out and it would be over. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. So we have hope this morning. Amen? Verse 14. But for if we believe, and obviously there's the if. We talked about that last week. You have to believe. You have to believe in, in, the, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And a lot of people do believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, but for some reason, they don't believe the return of Jesus, which is the next event in God's timetable. And so it says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in 
Jesus. And then here's the event. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Notice it doesn't say by Paul or by Peter, but by the word of the Lord. How many believe this is the word of the Lord? That's the beginning. That we who are alive, check your pulse for a second. Some of you might not feel like you're alive, but you are, amen. And remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And watch this. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's every person who has passed away from before today back to when Jesus came out of the grave. Then it says, we who are alive and remain, watch this, shall be caught up. I could have named the message the catching up, the catching away. I'd use the word rapture for a reason I'll explain in a second. Well, actually, I'll explain it now. Rapture comes from Latin, which is rapturo. In Greek, which the New Testament was written, it's harpazo, and it means to be snatched away from danger. I want you to remember that. To be caught up quickly, to be snatched away from danger. So that's very important to remember why we would need to be snatched away from danger. It says, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Where? In the clouds. In the air. To meet the Lord in the air. Do you believe that we're going to meet the Lord in the air? Do you believe that gravity is going to lose its power and we're going to meet the Lord in the air? Why do we believe that? Because the Bible says it. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. And watch this. This is the crux of the message. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This shouldn't be something that scares us. This shouldn't be something that frightens us. This shouldn't be something that angers us. This should be something that we're telling each other, hey, we're getting ready. We're getting close. When I asked you how many want to go to heaven, all you raised your hand, and many of you raised your hand for today. I'm ready now. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the less you fall in love with this world. I don't want to be in this world anymore, but I don't have any control of when I leave it. I'm going to die when I, when I die, but there's a hope that I could go to heaven and be transformed into a heavenly body without dying. Does that sound cool to anybody? Do you realize that we're the generation, if you want to talk about cool, we're the generation that could most likely see the rapture of the church and the return of Jesus, and we'd be that one generation in the history of the world that never tasted death. That sound, does that sound good to anybody? I asked you earlier if you want to go to heaven, but some people don't want to die to get there. The Bible tells us there's going to be a group of people that are going to go to heaven without dying. Amen. That's, that's good news. So, so that's what the blessed hope is. Number two is, is why is it called the blessed hope? So right now, we're in, a, we're in what's called in the last days. That, that's not for debate. We're in the last days. Okay, we know what the times we're living in, and we're living in perilous times, the Bible says. We're living in times of great violence. We're living in times of wars and rumors of wars. We're living in times where the Bible says nation will rise against nation. That part is different from wars against, war, wars against nations because it says wars and rumors of wars, and then nations will rise against nations. That doesn't mean Costa Rica against El Salvador. 
or the United States against Mexico, that means ethnos. That means ethnicity. That means race against race. Have we ever seen a more world, a more divided world than we are today? How many know that's not how the church is supposed to look? That's not how this church looks. That's not how the kingdom of God looks. Amen. We all love each other and get look around and see the diversity in this church, and that's how a church is supposed to look. But there's racial divide. There's anger. There's violence. There's craziness going on in the world. There's the spirit of the Antichrist. There's all these horrible things happening that we look at the news and we shake our heads and we go, what's going on? And I want you to understand something very important. What's the blessed hope is that what's going on right now is a barbecue picnic compared to what is coming. Not because I say it, not because I want something to happen, but because the Bible says so. The Bible predicts in the book of Revelation and many other places, prophetically, all the way back to Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and all these books, that there's coming a time on the earth that has not yet happened, okay, where there's going to be a seven-year tri- tribulation, it's called, And the Bible says it's going to be worse than any time that's ever happened in the history of the world. COVID, if you remember when COVID happened, that was a precursor for the tribulation. The amount of people that died was a precursor. The, The unrest was a precursor. The control was a precursor. The world now knows and the governing authorities that they are, that they know who they are, now knows they can control this world. That is no longer a question. They will biblically control the world again. The reason this is called the blessed hope is there's a promise in the Bible that says that the Lord wants to take his church out of the the earth first before the tribulation comes on the earth because the tribulation is not meant for us. When you hear the word tribulation, There are lots of times in our lives that we're facing tribulation. COVID was a tribulation. But it's not the tribulation that the book of Revelation talks about. Because in that seven-year period, it actually mentions a word, great tribulation. Which means that not only is it tribulation coming from... So right now we have tribulation that's coming from us to each other, right? There's fighting, there's anger, there's wars, there's different things that man is doing to man. But during the time of the tribulation is going to be a time of judgment. And it will no longer be man towards man. It will be God towards man. How many know you don't want to be around when God gets angry? Okay. Oh, he's an angry God. You're confirming what I said. No, just stay with me. Okay. He's a very graceful God, actually. And he's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for people to get saved. He's been waiting for people to get in the boat. He's been waiting for people to get serious about God. But there's coming a time, the Bible says, when great tribulation is going to come on this earth. Mark 13, watch this, verse 19 and 20. For in those days, there will be, that is a future event. I want to throw out something for doctrine right now. We talked about this last week in a different doctrine. you got to understand that there are people who will twist the scriptures. There are people who believe that the book of Revelation has already happened. That's not true. The book of Revelation is a future event, and it has not happened yet. 
And so we understand this is a future thing that's going to happen. It says, in that day there will be tribulation. Watch this. Such as not, has not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall there ever be. What does that mean? Listen to this. How many read the book of Genesis and saw the flood? How many read the book of Genesis and saw what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Those things were horrible judgments of God, anger of God, but this is telling us there's coming a time in the future that, that those things don't even compare. You know why? Because those things were for, a, well, the world was the entire world with the flood, but Sodom and Gomorrah was for a city and an area of wickedness. This, gener- this trouble that's coming upon the world is going to come upon every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And it says, but for the elect's sake, sorry, and unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. In other words, if he doesn't stop it after seven years over, there would be no one left. It would be another flood. How many know there's a lot more people on the earth today than there was during the flood? And it says, for the, for the elect's sake, and by the way, we are not the elect. Okay, that's, that's part of what I talked about last week. Whom he chose he shortened the days. I want you to understand something important. How many know where Israel is? How many know that Israel, the nation of Israel, is God's chosen people? Okay, biblically. You can argue that all you want, but it's biblical. that the, That's his nation. He has been dealing with them since the beginning of the time, and Bibles, the Bible says that they are God's, the apple of God's eye. And so he loved them so much, the Bible says in John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you all remember that verse? When Jesus came to the earth from heaven, he came first for the Jewish people. That's your Bible. Then the Gentile, which is us. So you can argue it all you want, and you can wonder it all you want, but the Jewish nation is God's chosen people. He came for them first and then the Gentile. But what happened? The Jewish nation dis- disregarded the death of the Son and did not believe He was the Messiah. And so that angered God because God sent down His Son and came down from heaven to save His people, and they rejected Him. So from that moment forward, it has been prophesied that there's coming a future event after the end of the age of grace, which is what we live in. We're under grace now, thank God. We don't sacrifice animals. Jesus became the sacrifice for us. And so the reason this is a blessed hope is there's coming a time when God as the Father is going to deal with the Jewish nation. And he is going to deal very harshly with them. The Bible calls it Jacob's trouble. And it is exactly, somebody say that, exactly seven years. And we know it's exactly, it's not a metaphorical seven years. It's not an ideology of seven years. It is seven years because it actually says 1,260 days and 1,260 days. It means exactly seven years. If you don't think God's a God of numbers, read the third book of the Bible. He's the God of numbers. Okay, and so he is going to come in this point. This is a future event that, listen closely, could start tomorrow. Could start next month. Could start this year. Are you all here? You all listening to me? The tribulation could start in 2024. I'm not naming a date. I'm telling you that it could start. 
And it's been waiting to happen for years, and it's at any, any moment, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself to, ahead of myself to the second one, but what, why is it called the blessed hope? Because there's a horrible time coming on this earth that God wants to remove us from. How many would like to be removed? 1 Thessalonians 5.9. God did not appoint us unto wrath. If you know the book of Revelation, you know that at the middle of the tribulation, Three and a half years in, he, the, the, the Antichrist, who is going to be a man, he was alive right now, who at any moment could come on the scene. He is, he is living right now. I don't believe he's very known, but he is going to come on the scene just like that, and he is going to be the answer to the chaos of this world. And listen closely to me. If you think the world's chaotic right now, wait till hundreds of millions of people disappear from the earth. Then you're going to see real chaos. That man is going to come on the scene embodied by Satan himself. And he's going to be the answer. And everybody's going to look to him as the answer. And then he's going to bring false peace. How many know who brings true peace? Jesus. He's, that's why he's called the Antichrist. He's going to bring false peace. But the sad thing is the Jewish people that I'm telling you about are going to believe that the Antichrist is the Christ. And so are the Muslims and everybody else who does not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they're going to be given over to a great delusion and they're going to believe. Halfway through the tribulation, when things have slowed down just a little bit, but are not going to be good, but slowed down a little bit, and seem like they've gotten back to normal, the Antichrist is going to walk into the temple in Jerusalem, which does not exist yet, has not been made, the third temple. And again, I'm trying not to go off on all these different messages, because every one of them is a message in itself. And he's going to stand in that place, it's going to be on the news, and he's going to say, I'm God. And that's when God, the real God, is going to get real angry. And the Bible says the second half of the tribulation will be called wrath. No longer judgment, but wrath. Twenty-one bowls, or seven bowls, seven seals, and seven trumpets are going to come on this earth. So why is this called the blessed hope? Because we won't have to be here for that. If you'll, if you'll read the book of Revelation without fear and read it as a believer, you'll realize that there's some really crazy stuff coming, and we need to tell our families about Jesus. We need to warn them. As Noah warned the world that the flood was coming. That's our job. And church, this is how, how much, I'm not giving any examples today, but I could give you a thousand examples today that's going on with AI and, 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 and the one world government and the currency, all these different things that you're going to see are going to happen in this world. And, and think about this. Be, never before until now could one person control the world. Y'all realize that this morning? The technology was not there. Today, Remember when I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago, about first world problems, and I mentioned that people make $2.50 a day on average and all that? Here's the crazy thing. Even though everybody's dirt poor, everybody's got a cell phone. I think I gave that stat. Like nine out of ten people in this world have a cell phone that are at the age that could have a cell phone. So no, no time before in the history of the world could one person or one government control the whole world. Or you'd be able to see news... Like when, 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 when the fight broke out between Israel and Palestine, everybody saw that as it was happening. 
That couldn't have happened before. So technology and all these things are happening to tell us that there's a time coming that we need to be warning our families of, that they need to get their lives right with Jesus so they don't be here during that time. That's why this is called the blessed hope. John 14, sorry, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who are on the earth. Take that down just for one second, and I'm going to say something and come back to it. This is very important. How many are still here? Very important. We need to understand that there are different beliefs that people take from this Bible. It's crazy, but they do. Some people, there's, there's a belief that, that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation, which, by the way, that's what we believe. It's what I believe. There are people that believe it's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation. And there's people that are going to believe it's going to happen at the end of the tribulation, which is, which is what the Bible calls the second coming of Christ. Okay? I believe the rapture and the second coming of Christ are two distinct events. And I have many scriptures to back it up, and I can show you all the differences between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. But just, just theoretically and hypothetically, just imagine what, what, what good would it be, what sense would it make, if the rapture happened at the end of the tribulation, after all the wrath had been poured out on, on, on the world, and all the anger on, on the world, and then the church gets raptured up if it's left, if there's any church left, raptured up into heaven, to go into the sky and then turn around and come right back down to the earth. Because that's what the second coming of Christ is. Does that make any sense? No. We get raptured in the beginning so God can take the church out of the wrath of God and out of the tribulation. We're in heaven while it's going on, and then the Bible tells us we come back with Jesus at the second coming from heaven in glorified bodies. Okay? Everybody with me? So go back to that verse and see what this, what this means. This is a promise of the blessed hope. Because you've kept my word to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come, that's a future event, upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Another reason that we know that the rapture is going to happen and then the tribulation is going to happen is Jesus himself said this in John 14, verse 1. Watch this. Let your heart not be troubled. Let's just sit right there for a second. That's good words right there. At this time of chaos, Jesus is saying, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in me or God? Also believe in me. Now watch what he says. In my Father's house are many mansions. I don't know of anybody in this place that has a mansion here, but in heaven, the old song says, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. Does anybody look forward to having a mansion up in heaven? You know why we can, one person, Elmer, me and you will hang out in your mansion, my mansion, we'll, we'll live next to each other, Amen. Did y'all miss that? Y'all, I don't know what you're thinking. Does anybody look forward to having a mansion in heaven? I know you were probably thinking about something else. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That if, and if I go to prepare a place for you, what does he say? I'll come again and receive you to myself. 
if we come at the end of the tribulation, we never get to go to the mansion. That where I am, you may be also. Those are good words, amen? We're still on, why is it called the blessed hope? 1 Corinthians 15, behold, verse 51, I tell you a mystery. See, the rapture is a mystery. It is something that is not hidden from people, but they didn't understand it as much then as we understand it now. He says, I have a mystery. We're not all going to fall asleep. That, think about that. Only, only two other people, when this was written, had ever three with Jesus, had ever experienced what's considered the rapture. Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God, and then he was no more. Picture of the rapture. Elijah goes up into the, in a chariot to heaven and disappears into heaven. He never died. Now he's saying, I tell you a mystery. Because you got to understand, Paul is telling this as he's hearing it. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we shall not all die, but we're all going to be changed. Does anybody look forward to having a body change? Amen? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Amen. The Bible says this body that will eventually die will be turned into incorruptible. Amen. And it will live forever. So number three is what then or when will the blessed hope happen? Well, let's put that 52 back up again. 51 and 52. And it'll answer it in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And then go to the next one, verse 52. Uh, that was 52, sorry. Um, and, okay, that's what I wanted to see. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now look at Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were. Now this is, a, this is very important to understand the days we're living in right now. Take that down for just a second so y'all can focus on this. In the days of Noah, when Noah was building the ark, some of you know this and some of you don't. You've heard it said, they had never seen rain fall from the sky before. When the earth was watered, if you read Genesis, the water came up from the ground like an in-ground sprinkler system. David Quintanilla, amen? That's what he does for a living. He does sprinkler systems. It was a built-in sprinkler system. The water came up from the ground and watered the earth. They had never seen raindrops come from the sky. Yet God tells Noah, I'm going to send a flood and it's going to rain. Guess what rain sounded like to them? The rapture. They had never heard of rain. They had never seen rain. Yet Noah's building an ark. When we preach a message today on the rapture of the church, we are building an ark. We have an ark that's ready for whoever wants to get in. The sad thing is only Noah and his family got in the ark. There was a door, which is Jesus, and they could have got in. But guess what? Once that door shut, once the rapture happens, you're either ready or you're not. And when you go up into heaven, you leave the rain that's about to come down on the earth. When that door shut, the flood came, and it was too late. Now go back to this verse, and watch what it says. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be, as in the days of Noah. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. What does that mean? It was pretty normal still. Even though this world right now is crazy and chaotic, there's still a normality to it. Remember when COVID happened and everything shut down? 
and you couldn't do weddings, and you couldn't do this, and you couldn't do that. That was a precursor. Right now, even though it's a crazy world, life is going on pretty normal. It will not be normal during the tribulation. Okay? So it says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the son of the man coming a man be, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all the way, so also will be the coming of the son of man. Two men will be in the field. This doesn't mean 50%. It's an example. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You know what that means? When will the blessed hope happen? It can happen right now. It can happen today. It can happen at any moment. And we know by the, by the scriptures, church, that we are beyond ready for this to happen. And I'm going to read it in just a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to get to number four. But we have to understand the times that we're living in right now. Besides the fact that technologically this couldn't have happened before today, I want you to think about how right now we have the nation of Israel formed in 1948. How many remember that? Jesus called that the fig tree. He said, when the fig tree blooms, which is the nation of Israel, and it becomes a nation again, from that moment, he says that all these things, this generation that sees that will not pass till all these things have happened. And so a time clock started in 1948 when Israel became a nation. Listen, this world can have all their thoughts, and you can have all the thoughts that you want about Israel, but they're still God's people. You're not going to change God's mind. Can I get an amen? So like I said, you may in your family, in your politics, in your church, in your world, in your life, in your workplace, in your own mind, have your own thoughts about Israel, but Israel is still God's nation. And the Bible says whoever protects it and prays for her will be blessed. So I'm just smart enough to protect her and pray for her. It's a nation. It's a geography. It's a place. It's a physical place that Jesus will come down and rule and reign if you believe your Bibles, and I know you do. Okay? So in this we see that it can happen at any moment, and Israel is the fig tree. But here's the thing. Today, many people are mocking his return. You might be here and you're like, man, I was raised in church. I've heard this message a hundred times. I don't think he's coming back. I'm just like Noah. I, the ark is built, and I'm waiting. He kept looking up to the sky. I'm sure he went out every day and saw nothing but blue skies and thought, when is it going to rain? Sometimes I say, Jesus, when are you coming back? Yesterday would have been good. Amen. I want to see Jesus. But the Bible tells us that people are going to mock it. People are going to make fun of it. In 2 Peter chapter 3, watch what it says. Verse 3, Beloved, I write to you this second epistle and that you stir up your minds and be mindful of the words that were spoken by the holy prophets and the commandment of us as apostles of the Lord, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, look at this, where is the promise of his coming. Verse 8. But beloved, don't forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, watch this, that all should come to repentance. Now the last one is, what do we have to do to receive the blessed hope? You got to watch and be ready. Amen? Watch and be ready. 1 John chapter 2, sorry, chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Why are we children of God? Because we believe in Jesus. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. There's some things that don't make sense, some things we don't understand. But it says, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him does what? What should we do to receive the blessed hope? Purify ourselves just as he is pure. Amen? As the musicians are coming, I want to finish in Luke 21. By the way, for homework, write down if you're taking notes, I want you to read three chapters. Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. Those are the three chapters that talk about all these things I've talked about today. But a cool thing that I learned a lot of years ago that will help you when you read it is, I want you to read Matthew and Mark first, and then I want you to read Luke last. And I want you to notice that there's a verbiage difference between Matthew and Mark and Luke because Luke was written to the Gentiles. It's a different verbiage. And the truth of the matter is this morning, church, Jesus has a purpose for us and a plan for us as his church. And he wants to take us to heaven and get us out of this craziness that's coming. And that's the blessed hope. So look at what Luke says we should do to receive the blessed hope. To finish here. He spoke to them about a parable. This is what I was telling you with the fig tree. And I don't have time to show you this in scriptures, but the fig tree is Israel. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. Right now, you might have this at your house. We have these two trees that have these white flowers blooming. Right? Even though it seems way too early for me. We've had one day of winter, one day of spring, and then we're going to have 362 days of summer. But what I know is when I start seeing these flowers bud on the tree, summer's coming. Without a doubt. Right? says, when they're already budding, see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Church, we're the generation, I believe, that is going to see the return of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth, if people scoff, if people mock, if people doubt, God says, don't worry. Heaven and earth might pass away, but my words will never pass away. And here's what we should do. Take heed to yourselves. This is not the time for the church to be looking for what they can get away with and be saved. This is the time for the church not to be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life, 
that that day would come on you unexpectedly. Church, if you could see the first five minutes of the tribulation, you'd live different. Imagine what it's going to be like when the Holy Spirit that is indwelling in us is lifted from the earth. The Holy Spirit will be here. Some people don't get that right. Holy Spirit's not going to leave the earth. He has to be here for people to get saved in the tribulation. But we, you and I, that believe in Christ, have the Holy Spirit living in us. And the Bible says that right now we are interceding for this world. We are basically holding back. The Bible calls us the restrainer. We are holding back the chaos. Okay, have you ever thought what, you look at this horrible world and you go, my gosh, this world's horrible. Have you ever thought what it would look like if we weren't here? If the church wasn't here? The God-fearing, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church that prays and intercedes and witnesses? Well, that's what this world's going to look like when the church is gone. So he says, it's going to come that day as a snare on all those who dwell. In other words, those who remain after the rapture on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore. When? Today. When? Later this afternoon. When? Tonight before you go to bed. When? Tomorrow morning when you wake up. When? Tomorrow afternoon. When tomorrow night when you go to bed, when Tuesday morning when you wake up and pray, always, watch this, that you may be counted worthy. That doesn't sound like an automatic thing to me. That you may be counted. Now, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. You can know you're right with God. But that you may be counted worthy to escape. There's all those people that believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. They're escapists. Yep, because it says I can escape. All these things, watch this, that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Father, this morning, under your anointing, touch the hearts of your people. This is a blessed hope. This is a beautiful thing, God. It is your word God, if, please show these men and women as they read later, Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21, that, God, you are predicting a time coming on this earth that the world has never seen and will never see again. We do not want our family members to be here for this. We do not want our neighbors, our coworkers, our children to be here. We don't even want our worst enemy to be here. Lord, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, touch hearts this morning that don't know you. If there's anybody in this place that does not know you today as their personal Savior, that God, if you the trumpet sounded today and you came back for your church, they would be left behind to face this horrible seven years of tribulation. Let them be right today. Let them be forgiven today. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you can be. You don't have to go through this. God has not appointed us to wrath. We don't have to go through the tribulation. The tribulation is not for the church. It's, we're in the age of grace. We can, we can be taken out. God wants to take us out. But he's coming, the Bible says, for a church without spot or wrinkle. A church who's purifying itself. A church who's watching like the ten virgins. Five were falling asleep. Five had let their oil run out. And five were watching. 
There's the Bible even says that there's a special crown for those who love his appearing. Yes, we got to go to work. Yes, we got to live in this world. Yes, we got to plan for our futures and do all those things that's called occupying till he comes. But Jesus could come today. Are you ready? My goal is that every single one of you are ready when the trumpet sounds. How many all over this place, listening on the podcast, watching online right now, could be honest with God, not me, with God. I don't know if the rapture happened today, if the trumpet sounded and the church was snatched away from the earth, if I'd be ready to go. I don't want to face the tribulation of this earth. I don't want to be here on this earth with people who've rejected Jesus. I don't want to be here for the judgment of God. I want to believe that Jesus took the judgment on him on the cross. And because he took that, he disarmed every principality. And I can be saved and forgiven today. And I can know that my name's in the Lamb's book of life. And I'll be counted worthy. How many in this place today would say as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm not sure, but I want to be. Would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? I want to pray with you today. You want to be saved today. I see your hand. How many more? Pray for me, Pastor. Pray with me today. I see a lot of new faces. I see a lot of new people. I hope, I hope you know Jesus. As I'm saying this right now, and I'm waiting for just a moment, you cannot get into heaven because of your good works. He's not going to take you because you're sitting in this church service. It's about believing in Jesus. Jesus said these very exclusive words. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. He's the door of the ark. Those people stood, on that, stood outside that ark and knocked on the wood and said, let us come in, but they didn't go through the door. You got to go through the door today. I'm waiting just a moment. I don't know all of you, but I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know forgiveness. I want you to know he died on that cross for your sins. And no matter what you've done today, you can be forgiven. No matter how much you've mocked God, failed God, lied to God, cheated God, whatever it is, you can say, Lord, I'm sorry today for those things. Please forgive me. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with you. I want the blessed hope. How many more could say, that's me today? Just lift up your hand. Put it right back down. I see your hand. Maybe you're here today, and at some point in your life, I want to ask one more question. You, you said a prayer, and you said, Jesus, I believe. You heard the gospel. The gospel touched you. The Holy Spirit touched you, and you, you believed in Jesus. And you gave your life to him. But today, March 3rd, 2024, you're not walking with God. You're not abiding in Jesus. Your heart is not right with God. You know what you're supposed to do, but sin has you right now, and you need to be set free, and you need to come back to your first love. How many honest hearts could say, that's me you're talking to, Pastor? Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. God sees your hand, brother. God sees you, sister. Let's stand all over this place this morning, please. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. Do we have to be afraid? No. If we're not taking God serious, should we be afraid? Yes. Horrible times are coming, but we have a hope. 
How many are thankful for hope this morning? Hope that Jesus is going to take us home. I've been preaching this for 30 years, and I believe it more today than I've ever believed it in my life. And I know I'm closer. Amen, Uncle? 50 years. 50 years closer. 40 years closer. 30 years closer. However long you've believed, you're that much closer. And I'll tell you something. The Bible calls it birth pains. The Bible says that we're in birth pains. And I, I have four grandchildren, just recently had some. We have some people here that are pregnant in our church now that are going to have babies. I've been saying this for a long time, and I believe it. Our, our, the rapture is past due. Like it's, you know, a, a baby can go past term. But at some point, that baby's got to come out. I don't, there's nothing left that has to happen for Jesus to come back. Nothing. Nothing scriptural. Nothing biblical. Don't be a procrastinator and say, I'll get right later. Because you know what? There are going to be a lot of people saved during the tribulation, thank God. But I promise you, you do not want to be here. I told this for the first service, this is a little earlier in this one, I told the first service, just as an example, just to give you kind of something in your head, just to maybe t share with somebody. One of the bowls of God's judgment is 100-pound hailstones. Have any, any of you ever had a golf-sized hail hit your car or your house? Here in Texas, we see that a lot. Just in your mind, think what it would, what it would weigh. Just a few ounces, maybe. They even call it a couple pounds. That, that thing does so much damage. Revelation says in one of the bowls, 100-pound hailstones are going to fall from the sky. The wrath of God. The anger of God on a world that has rejected Jesus. And then beyond rejected him, mocked him. And, and put their, you know, the Bible says in the, in the tribulation, men are going to put their fist up to God. That's how lost and wicked people are. A God who loves them, a God who continues, even through these bowls and, and trumpets and seals, he's doing these things just like he did with the people of with Moses, with Pharaoh. You know what the end of the day the answer is? Don't be hard-hearted. Don't harden your heart to God. He's God and we're nobody. But he says we can have a way out. I'm taking the way out. I'm going to keep the blessed hope that today Jesus could take us home. Amen? We're going to open up this altar and sing. And uh, as, before we do, I want to say this. I want to say if anybody's here and you raised your hand and you're serious, you want to give your life to the Lord today. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand. But something's telling you, I need to, I need to let this world know I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. I want to ask you just to come, to, come find that nearest aisle. Just come down here. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand. I saw some hands go up. Come on. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you need to come today. You need to get your life right with the Lord. Come on, how many more? How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Praise God. God's touching you speaking to you, dealing with you. So my question is, I'm looking at every, if I could look at every single one of your eyes, this may be it. Today may be it. Jesus might come today or tomorrow before Wednesday, before next Sunday. Are you ready?
If you're at your seat still and you're not sure, if you have any doubts, come up here. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to warn you. This day is coming. And listen, if you're ready and you're right, praise the Lord. But if you're not, don't play games. Get right. Confess your sins. That, that thing says that you may be counted worthy. I pray that every single day, Lord, and I thank God for the, for the pastor of the church that I got saved in that revival. I used to hear him preach. How many know even when you're not living right, you remember things? He said that verse all the time. Count, pray, watch and pray that you may be counted worthy to escape these things and stand before the Son of God. You want to stand before God as your Savior, not as your judge. How many understand this morning that everyone is going to stand before God? He's either going to be your judge or your Savior. Make him your Savior. He loves you. That's why he gives us a hope. Imagine if the Bible was written without the hope. We got hope today. Today is the beginning of the rest of your life. New day. Everything you've ever done before even walking up here today is going to be forgiven and washed clean. And you're going to get a new slate. That's the grace of God. And then God's going to use you to touch other people. Amen? We're going to say this right now together. Maybe someone's watching online, listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus, I'm standing in your presence. I humble myself. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and paying the price of my sin. I accept that today. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart. Jesus died on the cross for me. And you rose from the dead so I could live eternally in your presence forever with you. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life and wash me clean from all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.